your hands above your head get to your hands together celebrate our papa doctor Abel Gamina glory somebody shout hallelujah are you ready for the word of God lift your right hands to heaven father we rejoice that we have access into the deep things of God by the Holy Ghost we speak words which the Holy Ghost teacheth comparing spiritual with spiritual I ask that revelation knowledge is gifted everybody in this service we receive from the most more excellent ministry of Jesus Christ today your people built up equipped edified and we thank you Lord by the end of this service nobody lives the same way they came we give you praise glory and honor for answered prayer in Jesus precious name and every believer says it powerfully amen, amen. Lift your right hands. Let's release our faith together. As we say these words, I am born of God. I am born of the world. The word of God is my nature. I do not struggle to do the word. I do the word naturally. Therefore today, I will understand the word of his grace. I will be built up. By the end of this service, I will never be the same. Never ever be the same again. In Jesus' name, and every believer says that amen like thunder. Well, want to welcome everybody connected to this service by way of Kingdom Life Network, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, all of the social media community. We want to welcome you to the service today. And we want to also welcome the Aquaibom State community connected right now by way of Comfort FM, XLFM, Radio Aquaibom, Inspiration FM, Heritage FM. We're so glad to welcome all of you to the service today. Do me the favor you've always done. Call a friend, a family member, a loved one. Ask them to tune to this radio station right now. Life is flowing through the airwaves. I also want to ask you social media community, let's get the truth of this gospel to the ends of the earth. So do me the, the, the favor you've always done. Share the video on your page. Share with all the groups on your page. Join as many groups as possible. Let's get this word to the ends of the earth. Put them on monogram, telegram, and WhatsApp group. And it's a joy to welcome all of you today. And we want to also welcome all our campuses around the world. Our UK campuses today begin to meet physically after the lockdown. And we're so excited. We want to congr congratulate our coordinator for the European mission, Ambassador Andrew, his wife, and the entire leadership of all our campuses in all the different parts of the United Kingdom and Europe. Oh, congratulations, guys. We're excited about what God is doing. And if you're in the London area, the UK area, make sure you locate our campus at your, all our campuses. And if you don't know where they are, if you reach our office in the UK, uh, we gave out the number on social media. It's actually on my Facebook page, all the details. And you can get them there so you can join the brethren physically and share in the blessing of physical fellowship. Today also makes our lucky campus. I just came back from Lagos. I met the brethren yesterday. Our lucky campus today makes them two years since they were inaugurated. And I want to appreciate, I want to appreciate the brethren in lucky. You know, Pastor, Pastor Funke and Pastor Jones and all the leadership of the Lekki campus. Congratulations, guys. It's just the beginning of greater things that God is going to do, you know, with your campus. And, uh, you know, as we reach out to the nations of the earth. But we rejoice with all of you as you celebrate today in the Lekki campus. And I'm excited to have everybody in church this morning. Are we excited for the word this morning? Can we celebrate the word of God with a shout this morning? Glory! Amen. 
Grab your pen, your notebook, your Bible. You can be seated with your sweet, smart self as we get into the word of God this morning. <clears throat> in the first service, I laid a foundation that I'm still going to work on in this service. Um, the book of John, chapter 5, verse 39. John, chapter 5, verse number 39. Search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. And they are they which testify, if your pen was mine, I will underline that. They are they, that is the scriptures are they which testify of me. This is Jesus speaking. The word search is the word investigate. Investigate the scriptures. For in them you think you have eternal life. But the scriptures are my testimony. Meaning, Jesus is the message of the scriptures. John chapter 1 verse 45, John chapter 1 verse 45, Philip findeth Nathanael and saith unto him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and the prophets did write, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. He's the one Moses in the law and the prophets did write. All right now look at your bibles we are still establishing this foundation in the book of luke chapter 24 verse 25 when jesus rose from the bed on the way to emmaus he met two disciples and arguably cleopas and his wife and they were discussing the events of the past three days and jesus said to them gentlemen what are you guys talking about and they said to jesus are you a stranger in town have you had have you not heard about jesus a good guy that was killed the other day they were preaching Jesus to Jesus, but they didn't know Jesus. You can be in church and never know Jesus and be lost in religion. Religion is man's efforts to go to God or to look for God. Christianity is not a religion. Christianity is a relationship with God where God doesn't wait for you to come to him, where God has come to us. That's the difference between Christianity and religion. So they taught Jesus you know, was, 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 was a Messiah, a good guy who died. So Jesus turned to them in verse 25 and he said unto them, O fools, slow of heart, to believe all that the prophets have spoken. All that the prophets have spoken. Next verse. Ought not Christ, if you are reading well, you should have known that Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory next verse and beginning at moses beginning at moses at kemosios in the greek beginning at moses and all the prophets moses wrote in the law and the prophets he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself the things concerning himself in all the scriptures beginning at moses and all the prophets he expounded only there was a bias there is a bias to bible study there is a bias in bible teaching he did not expound everything he expounded only the things concerning himself why because the scriptures testifies of him Look at John chapter 5 verse 45. John chapter 5 verse 45. Do not think that I will accuse you to the Father. This is Jesus talking. There is one that accuses you. Even Moses in whom you trust. Beginning at Moses. Even Moses 
in whom you trust. Look up everybody. Jesus is saying, I'm not the accuser here. I will not accuse. I do not accuse. There is one that accuses. The accuser of the brethren is Moses. Now Moses, not as a person, but Moses as a system. Moses as a function. Alright, beginning at Moses. It's not a person. When he said beginning at Moses, he's talking about the writings of Moses or the teaching ministry of Moses. Remember, ladies and gentlemen, that Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy was the teaching ministry of Moses to the Jews. It was Moses' teaching that was documented. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy was Moses communicating Christ to his audience in those books. So, Genesis is the promise of an exodus. When Moses was teaching them Genesis, he was expounding and showing them the promise that there is an exodus coming. So, Genesis is the promise of God of an exodus. Because exodus is a type of moving out of bondage into rest, which is in Christ. It's a typology. And all of that was Moses' teaching to the Jewish people. And so when Moses began the book, he began by saying, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. But Ashit Elohim Barat, Eteshemaim's letter Aretz, that's the Hebrew. What he meant is that in the deadless past, Elohim created the heavens and the earth. Now, John chapter 1 verse 1, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God. Verse 14, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. So the word that was God became a man. So Jesus is the word that became flesh. So in the beginning, Jesus created the heavens and the earth. Why? Because all things were made by him. And without him was not anything made that was made. Remember, all things were made by him, for him, through him. So he is the reason, the logic the logos god's thinking pattern is the idea the thought the intent is the reason behind all of creation so he created all things for himself so in the beginning god created is christocentric is the message of christ creating all things the next verse the earth was without form void darkness was upon the face of the dead and the spirit of god moved so jesus was the spirit of god moving in the face of darkness verse 3 and god said let there be light that light was jesus because that light was not moon and star because later on you will see the creation of moon and star so that light was jesus in the darkness the heart of a man that is not saved so when he said let there be light he was calling the light to shine out of darkness which has shone in our hearts the book of second corinthians where brother Paul brought the revelation out. Because remember, the New Testament interprets the Old Testament. I repeat. The New Testament interprets the Old Testament. Let me add a little more. The Old Testament must be explained. The Old Testament must be explained. Please stay with me. <clears throat> 
So the Old Testament must be explained. In the first service, I took time and I began at Moses like Jesus will begin. And we travel from Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, bringing out Christ from all of those books in details. Get the material, it will help you. I'm just going to proceed from where I stopped in the first service. Now remember, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures. The things concerning himself. Now look at that John. John chapter 5 verse 45. Observe. John chapter 5 verse 45. Do not think that I will accuse you to the father. There is one that accuses you. Even Moses in whom you trust. Now observe the next thing. For had you believed Moses. You would have believed me. For he wrote of me. Had you believed Moses, you would have believed me, for he wrote of me. Meaning Moses wrote two things. Number one, he wrote accusation. Number two, he wrote Christ. So in Genesis, there is a segment for Christ and there is a segment for accusation. Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Moses wrote two messages. So now, it is left for the pastor to rightly divide accusation, trash it, and feed you Christ. Because Christ is the diet of the believer, not the accusation of Moses. But in the books of Moses, there is accusation and there is Christ. That's why the world must be rightly divided. Am I communicating at all? So now, we, we looked at Moses and we brought out Christ from the books that Moses wrote. And I'm not about to go back like I said. So in Genesis, he's the seed of the woman. In Exodus, he's the Passover lamb. In Leviticus, he is the offerings. All the offerings in the book of Leviticus. In Numbers and Deuteronomy, he is the brazen serpent on the pole. He is the water that came out of the rock. He is the manna that was typified by the manna in the wilderness. And in Deuteronomy, he is a prophet like unto Moses. Because in Deuteronomy, Moses said to them, A prophet like unto me shall the Lord your God raise. Him shall you hear. Look at it, look at it, look at it. Acts chapter 3, verse 22. Acts of the Apostles chapter 3. For Moses truly said unto the fathers, A prophet shall the Lord your God raise up unto you of your brethren. Like unto me, him shall you hear in all things. Whatsoever he shall say unto you. Next verse. And it shall come to pass that every soul which will not hear that prophet shall be destroyed from among the people. Why? Because whosoever believes in him shall not perish. He that believeth not is condemned already. Why? Moses already told them. There's a prophet like unto me. So in Deuteronomy, he is a prophet like unto Moses. Alright? Now, we got out of the Deuteronomy. Now we're done with Moses. We move to the next books of the Bible. In Joshua, he is that scarlet robe that was given to, to, to Rahab the harlot. That scarlet robe. Scarlet is red, which is symbolic of the blood. And because Rahab believed and took the robe and held one side and the children of, of, of those spies held the other side, there was a connection between Rahab and God's people. So by that typology, Rahab believed in the gospel of the blood. That's how Rahab became a righteous person. So that scarlet was symbolic of Christ in the book of, of, of Joshua. That is what is symbolic. The scarlet robe. 
And we can go on and on and bring out other revelations. I'm just giving you teasers to help you see. In Judges, he is a secret. Because in the book of Judges, chapter 13, verse 18, he talks about secret. He is a secret. Same word as wonderful. The name in Isaiah. Which means the word secret, which is wonderful, is figurative. It's a figurative representation of Jesus. Remember, the Old Testament is Jesus concealed. The New Testament is Jesus revealed. The Old Testament is mystery. The New Testament is revelation. The Old Testament is the New Testament concealed. The New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. So, to understand the Old Testament, you will have to wear the binoculars of the New Testament and look at the Old Testament. It's one book. The Bible is not books. It's one book. And the message of the Bible is not you will make it. It's not you will succeed. It's not who stole your wedding gown. It's not 15 keys or 35 pillars. The message of the Bible is a person. His name is Jesus. And anything preached out of the Bible that is not Jesus is a waste of your time. The message of the scriptures is Jesus. He's the diet that believers feed on. Are you still here? Yeah, he is. Then in the book of Ruth, he's the kinsman redeemer. Yeah, he's the kinsman redeemer. In First and Second Samuel, we see him in the sufferings and the rejections of the enthronement of David. Because before Jesus became Lord, he was rejected. He suffered. So in the, in the sufferings and rejection of David, there was a symbolic communication of how Christ will be rejected. And he will suffer. And he will die. And he will rise. And glory will fall. That's in First and Second Samuel. Are you still here? First and Second Samuel. In, in the book of First and Second Kings, we see Jesus as the Redeemer than Solomon. And we see Jesus as the greater than the temple. In Matthew eleven forty two, Jesus talked about one that is greater than the temple. Matthew eleven forty two to forty six. Put it up for me. Jesus answered and said, Matthew eleven forty two. Matthew eleven forty two. Okay, because of time. So Jesus said, there is one greater than the temple in this place. Because when we see in the books. We see the glory of the kings. The glory of the kings of Israel. Of which we see Jesus having a greater glory and dominion than the kings of Israel. So their, their royalty was symbolic of the reign of Christ. In Ezra, we see the explanation of the nail. The nail that was used on Jesus' hands. Ezra, you will see that explanation. In Nehemiah, because of time, I told you, I'm just giving you teasers. In Nehemiah, he is the rock that Nehemiah spoke about. And he is the bread from heaven in Nehemiah. In Esther, interestingly, Esther is one book that does not have the name of God. The entire book is written without the mention of God in the entire book of Esther. And that's why some people who don't have understanding, when they read the book of Esther, they use it for pageant, beauty pageant. You know, and you hear people say, one night with the king. What an insult. Why will I be going for one night with the king when the king lives inside me? Why do I want to have a one night stand with the king when the king lives in me forever? I don't need one night with the king. I have eternity with the king. 
glory to God. He lives in me. But when people don't understand, you know, you know, when people don't understand the gospel, you are given an aspiration gospel. A gospel where you are aspiring to be. The gospel of Christ is not aspiration. The gospel of Christ is what has been done already. You don't aspire anything in the gospel. You only receive what has been done. So that one night with the king is a scam. There's nothing like that. You and Christ are together forever. I will never leave nor forsake you. I will be with you forever. So you don't need one night. You have forever. Isn't that some good news here tonight? So Esther is one book where there is no mention of God. And that's why people who are not understanding the message of the scripture can use the book of Esther for all kinds of things. But it's actually the message of Christ. How does Christ come into the book of Esther? Esther could not see the king on, until after three days of fasting. So she asked the whole of Jerusalem, Israel, to fast together with her. And that on the third day, she will appear before the king and ask for the redemption of Israel from their enemy, Mordecai. And if she perish, she perish. And that was a type of death, burial, and resurrection. Jesus died, was buried. On the third day, he arose and he went up to the right hand of the father and appeared before the king on your behalf. And I have news for you. And that was your redemption. That was your freedom from the oppression, from the chains of darkness. And he delivered you from the kingdom of darkness and has translated you into the kingdom of his dear son. When he died, you died. When he was buried, you were buried. When he rose, you rose. Am I talking to somebody here? He has quickened us together and raised us up together and made us sit together with him. Where? In the heavenly. So the message of Esther is the message of death, burial, and resurrection. Listen carefully, everybody. No book is allowed in the scripture that doesn't have the message of Christ. There are extra books, but those books are useless because they don't have Christ in them. A book only passed the test of being canonized when it had Christ in it. So the 66 books are tied together by one message. And that message is Christ. It's the message of Christ. Remember, our theology is Christology. Our theology is Christology. The Bible is a theology. And the theology of the Bible is Christology. But in the study of Christology, we arrive at the mission of Christ, which is soteriology. And when you study soteriology, the essence and the reality of his death, burial, and resurrection, which brought salvation, is only made visible in your heart by the spirit, the work and the work of the spirit, which is pneumatology. Pneumatology. And the practice of pneumatology is ecclesiology, which is our study in relationships. It's our study in relationships. Am I teaching good? Stay with me, stay with me. Stay with me. I want to show you through the scriptures. So that if anybody's preaching nonsense, you shut him down. Don't let anybody waste your time with anything that is not Christ from the scriptures. The Bible is not a book of business principles. It's the message of Christ. The Bible is not a book of agriculture. 
Even though Jesus talked about a sower that sowed a seed. But if you observe, he wasn't teaching business principles. Because when he finished, he said, the seed is the word of God. He opened up what he was talking about. So he was using natural situation to communicate spiritual realities. Why? Because the audience had a low IQ. Parable is a method of communicating with people who are spiritually dull. People that are spiritually alert. You don't use parables. You speak with plainness of speech. And when you got born again, you were quickened to understand revelation. So that's why we don't use parables for you. We, we, we give you spiritual revelation knowledge. Am I teaching good? Nehemiah, Esther, the one that out of due time became our mediator and intercessor. In the book of Job, I am Adahata. In the book of Job, he's the day's man redeemer. The day's man mediator. Job said, oh, I wish I have a man. I have someone that will speak to God on my behalf. And will speak to, to me on God's behalf. A mediator, one that stands between me and God. That will tell God what I'm going through. And that will explain to me what God has to say. And today, we have a mediator between God and man. And that mediator that Job was looking for, we have him physically today. His name is Jesus. And with the hope of the mediator, Job said, I know that my redeemer liveth. Even if my body is rotting, in this rotting flesh, I shall see God. He had hope in the mediatorship of Jesus. He could see it ahead, even though he couldn't lay hands on it. Because it was not for their time, it was kept for our time. And today we have the reality of what Christ has done. We are that people that are born in due season. We are recipients and partakers of the glory of God in the face of Jesus. If your amen is louder, enjoy the grace of God. When I tell you the Bible is the book of Jesus, I'm not making noise. I know what I'm talking about. In the book of Psalms, he spoke of Jesus, the anointed of God, and then in chapter 22 of Psalm, he talked about the sufferings of Christ. The bulls of Bashan have buffeted me. Thou shalt not leave my soul in hell, nor allow thy holy one seek corruption. And then he prophesied, lift up your head, O ye gates, be lifted up everlasting doors, and let the king of glory come in. And, and the regions of hell shouted, who is this king of glory? And prophetically they answered them, he is the Lord mighty, he is the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your head, O ye gates! And on the third day Jesus rose. David talked about the sufferings of Christ. He talked about the reign of Jesus. He talked about the three days in hell. David, the book of Psalms, is the book of Jesus. It's not a book for midnight prayer. It's not a book to be reciting. It's the revelation of Jesus. Psalm 16 talks about the reign of Christ. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice. He's not talking about another day other than the day of resurrection. When Jesus rose from the dead, it was that day of rejoicing. He said, hold me not back. I've not gone to my father, your father. My God, your God. But tell my brethren. Tell my brethren. 
well my brethren for both he that sanctify and they that are sanctified are all of one for which cause he's not ashamed to call them brethren somebody shout jesus is my brother say we are family whenever we see jesus seated we see him seated as the high priest these are christocentric scriptures in the book of proverbs he is the wisdom of god proverbs 8 1 he is the wisdom of god in proverbs 4 8 he is the path of the righteous that shines brighter and brighter unto the perfect day that perfect day was the day of resurrection in proverbs 16 15 he is the shorty of a sinner the shorty of a sinner in psalms i mean proverbs chapter 18 verse 8 chapter 18 verse 10 he is a strong tower the name of the lord is a strong tower the righteous runs into it and they are saved whosoever shall call on the name of the lord shall be saved in the book of proverbs he is a brother that stick it closer than a friend he is a friend that stick it closer than a brother he is one among thousands in the songs of solomon he is a shepherd the groom speaking of us and him the marriage that can never be divorced the union that can never be separated that is all that the book of Solomon is painting. The picture of Christ and the church. And that union that cannot be broken because of his resurrection. In the book of Isaiah, it brings us a lot of revelations on the sufferings of Christ. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. By his stripes, you are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. Every man has gone into his own way. It pleased God to bruise him on our behalf. Who has believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? Isaiah took time to open it. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government, there shall be no end. And brother Paul will put it like this. They that receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness they shall reign in life through one jesus christ our lord the book of isaiah he's the king that reigns in righteousness he is the appointed one isaiah 12 35 isaiah 12 35 the king that reigns in righteousness he is the well of salvation with joy we draw water from the wells of salvation isaiah 12 verse 3 in Isaiah 59, he is our intercessor, the mediator. In Jeremiah, all the names of God reveals the character of Christ. In Jeremiah, he is called El Shaddai. He is called Nisi. He is Nisi. He is El Shaddai. In Jeremiah 23 verse 5. In Jeremiah 33 15, he is the Lord our righteousness, Jehovah Sid Kenu. In Ezekiel, he is the true shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. The true shepherd. The great shepherd. Hebrews 13, 20. The great shepherd. The true shepherd. John 10. Ezekiel 34, 23. He is the true shepherd. In Ezekiel 48, he is Jehovah Shammah. The Lord shall be seen there. The Lord shall be seen there. The revelation of God. Shammah. Ayatobah. In the book of Daniel is a son of man. Daniel 7.16, son of man. Daniel 9.24, Messiah. 
in Joel. In Hosea before Joel. He's a son out of Egypt. The son out of Egypt. You remember when he was born? He was asked to go out of Egypt. Hosea prophesied it. In the book of Hosea. In the book of Joel, he is the spirit. I part my spirit upon all flesh. In the book of Joel is God dwelling in Zion. Joel 3.17. What I'm giving is the substance of scripture. In the book of Amos, he is the salvation promised. Amos 9.11-12. to 12. In Obadiah, he is the deliverer of Zion. In Mount Zion. <laughs> there shall be deliverance and holiness. And the sons of Jacob shall possess their possessions. He is the deliverer in Zion. In Jonah, Jonah 2.9, salvation is of the Lord. Out of the belly of the whale. Jonah acted out the drama of death, burial, and resurrection. On the way to Tashish, they threw him into the sea and the fish swallowed him three days. And Jonah said, in hell I cried salvation is of the lord and the fish opened his mouth on the third day and vomited jonah jesus died three days on the third day he rose and jesus said as it was in the days of jonah that is a sign that shall be given to this generation death burial and resurrection the message of jonah was clearly the message of god's salvation in the death burial and resurrection of christ it's his book that book belongs to jesus Nobody else. Nobody else. Nobody else. It's the book of Jesus. Somebody shout hallelujah. And then of course as I round up this and then give you a few things before the service is over. In Micah, he is the pre-existent nature of God. Micah 5.2. In Nahum, he is a stronghold in the day of trouble. Stronghold. Nahum 1.7. In Habakkuk, is the faith of Christ. The just shall live by faith. In Haggai, he's the desire of all nations. Haggai 2.7. And the desire of all nations shall come. And I will fill this house with glory. And the glory of this latter house shall be greater than the former. Jesus is that desire of all nations. In Zechariah, he is the shepherd that was smitten and the sheep scattered. In Zechariah, he's the shepherd that was smitten and the sheep scattered. Zechariah 13 verse 7. In Malachi. In Malachi. He testifies of Jesus. And John the Baptist was going to be a forerunner. In Malachi 4.2, he is called the son of righteousness. So, the epistles are not magical books. They explain what was contained in Genesis to Malachi. With the benefit of the new, we can now see Genesis to Malachi as types and shadows of Christ. You search the scripture. So, an accurate study of the Bible is therefore to see the scriptures through Christ. To see the scriptures through Christ. Once you cannot see the scriptures through Christ, you are lost. 
Once you lose sight of the scriptures, you'll be in the bush. Are we still here? Look at Matthew 28, 20. Matthew chapter 28, verse number 20. Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always. Even unto the end of the world. Amen. It's not an end of the world disposition. Because we have used that as a message of doom. That statement in itself. When you say all authority in heaven and earth is given to me. It shows you a relationship. Heaven and earth is a mode of communication to show you a relationship that exists between immortality and mortality. Heaven and earth. And we said that the gospel is a relationship. The resurrection of Jesus, which is the gospel, is a relationship and not just a mere event. So the resurrection of Jesus, therefore, is a present tense reality. Why? Because the gospel is a relationship. The gospel is also the resurrection. And the resurrection of Jesus is a relationship. Remember, lo, I am with you always. So, the gospel, which is about the resurrection of Jesus Christ, is a relationship. Every time you go out to preach, every time you go out to announce, the resurrection. The relationship that God has extended to mankind. Now, we said that salvation can be achieved within microseconds. But discipleship is a lifetime. Matthew 28, 19 says, go and make disciples. Teaching them. The word matetio in the Greek. Matetio. Where you have math, etio. It means to make people learn. It's talking about systematic learning. Organized learning. Not haphazard learning. The church ought to be a place where you are given a course of study. Not haphazard scattered preaching. Not inspirational preaching. Not motivation. Uh -uh. Systematic theology. And organized theology. Where you go from module to module. That's how the church ought to be. Because the mission of the church is to equip, to train and produce disciples who are able to disciple others. So there must be organized theology. Systematic theology. And if you observe, Brother Paul's theology, what we call the Pauline theology, is systematic. If you observe the teaching ministry of Jesus was systematic theology. Beginning at Moses and all the prophets. Systematic. Not just scattered preaching. You know? Not preaching at people's needs. Not preaching to help people arrive. Where are you arriving? You arrived. You are in Christ. Anywhere you are arriving that is not Christ, you have missed Christ. Christ is the final bus stop. He is the destination point. But motivators will tell you, you will get there. And you ask them, where is there? They say, there's a place called there. So, the church ought to teach. 
Look at that Matthew 28 verse 19 and 20. Matthew 28, 19 and 20. Go ye therefore and teach all nations. Ethos. Uh, you know, last Sunday we looked at the ethnos. Look at verse 20. Teaching them to observe all things. Whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. And we said a Christian cannot grow without teaching. You cannot. Teaching there is the word didasko in the Greek. D-I-D-A-S-K-O, didasko. And I've given you the compound words. We have didasko, which means to teach or to instruct. Then we have didache. D-I-D-A-C-H-E. An explanation. Didache. An explanation. Look at Matthew 7.28 where the word didache is applied. Matthew 7.28. And it came to pass when Jesus had ended these sayings, the people were astonished at his doctrine, at his explanation, at his didache. At, that is the way he explains scriptures. His mode of explanation, doctrine, didache. Look at Acts chapter 2 verse 42. Acts chapter 2 verse 42. And they continue steadfastly in the apostles' didache. Apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. The apostles' didache. They continued steadfastly. In the way the apostles explained the scriptures, didache. In Acts 5.28, when they accused the disciples, Acts 5.28, saying, Did not we straightly command you that you should not teach in his name? And behold, you have filled Jerusalem with your didache. You have filled Jerusalem with your explanation and intend to bring this man's blood upon us. You have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine, didache, your explanation. In Matthew 16, 12, Jesus warned his disciples. Matthew chapter 16, verse 12. Then understood they how that he bade them not beware of the living of bread, but of the doctrine of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees. The doctrine, the didache, the explanation of the Pharisees. Beware of the explanation of the Sadducees and Pharisees. They are selfish explanation. They are covetous explanation. They are materialistic explanation. And you know, people who preach material, materialism, every verse of the scripture is for money. Every verse they see in the Bible, they must corner it for money, including the books of the Bible. Psalm 92, no, Psalm 91. 91 dollars for 91 blessings materialistic gospel jesus warned the disciples to beware of such teachers to beware of such people it doesn't matter the title on their names and the size of chain on their neck and the size of collar on their throat it is not about dressing and chain it's about content beware of the doctrine of the pharisees the didache of or explanation they have a legalistic explanation that is not the true explanation of the scriptures so the word there is the word didache 
Then we have the word didascalia. Didascalia. We have didascalia. That is the body of truth. The body of truth. When you put together everything I've been teaching you about Christ, about the law and the prophets, in Christ's realities, soteria, when you put all of the modules together, it is called didascalia. That is a body of truth. A body of truth I have delivered to you that has formed the basis for your persuasion. That has formed the basis for your relationship with God. It's called didascalia. That is the doctrine of Christ. The doctrine of Christ, therefore, will be how Christ is the interpretation of Genesis to Malachi. The doctrine of Christ is how Christ is the explanation of Genesis to Malachi. Look at 1 Timothy chapter 6 verse 1 to 3. 1 Timothy chapter 6 verse 1 to 3. Let as many servants as are under the yoke count their own masters worthy of all honor that the name of God and his doctrine be not blasphemed. And they that are believing masters, let them not despise them because they are brethren, but rather do them service because they are faithful and beloved, partakers of the benefit. These things teach and exhort. Next verse. If any man teach otherwise, if any man teach otherwise and consent not to hold some words, the word hugaino in the Greek, wholesome, healthy, healthy, sound. Put it back. Wholesome words, even, now he explained what he means by wholesome words. Even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ. And the words of our Lord Jesus Christ is the doctrine which is according to godliness. Anybody that avoids teaching Christ. Anybody that shies away. That says Christ is too much. A man of God broke my relationship with him. Why? He said you are preaching Jesus too much. That was the end. He said you are preaching Jesus too much. I say, is there anything wrong with that? He said, no, nothing is wrong, but I'm too old to preach it. And he has members, thousands in his church. So I wonder what he's preaching there. Because he is too old to preach Christ. Any church where Christ is not the message, is a club. You are hanging out in a club. You're not in a church. What defines a church is not the building design. What defines a church is the content that people are fed. Another man of God told me, if I start preaching Jesus, I'll soon run out of material. I said, because you don't know him. So since you don't know Christ, why don't you resign? Leave those of us who have what to say about him forever. Let us preach. Then you learn from us. Must you preach nonsense? It's a case of the blind leading the blind and all of them will end where? In a ditch. And that's why in those churches people are ever learning and they have never arrived at the knowledge of the truth. 
They keep learning yet they don't know who they are. They are afraid of witches. Any child of God in this church that is afraid of witches is an insult to my teaching. That which has not been born plus the great grandfather. Even if I sleep without praying, it cannot scratch me. That, that, that. And if I see them now, urinate on them. And they can do nothing. Nonsense. You can't sit under my teaching and be afraid of witches. They are the smallest level in the cadre of demons. They are the smallest. I have dared the devil for decades now. If they burn you well, appear here. Let me sound your face. Bastard. You say you are a child of God. You are born of God. And you are afraid to go to your village. Go and get born again, my friend. You are born again and you are afraid to go to the village. Have you ever seen darkness running from light? Who runs from who? Darkness runs from light. You are the light. How can you be afraid of your village? You should be the one going to the village and they are hiding. Because light has arrived. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill that cannot be hid. I'm not making mouth. I have confronted them in their different grades. Including a masquerade. I have encountered them. And they bowed. I went to honor, honor local government to preach. The whole town was quiet. Ah, why is there nobody in town? They said, today is April day. If you come out, they will march at you. See me. They never burned them. Me. The lady that came to receive me ran back to the room and told me to run. That if I don't run, April, I say me, run. Hey, me. when I have the name of Jesus I walked to the room Shira and I walked because I didn't understand what she meant few minutes as I sat down they arrived with machet and macheted the door the machet cut through the zinc door I stood up it is written touch not my anointed and do my prophets no harm. I pulled the door open. I told the man, kneel down. He knelt down. I removed that nonsense. I saw t-shirt with rapper. I said, lift up your two hands, my friend. Shoe get size. Shoe. Shoe. Shoe get size. Kneel down. He knelt down. I said, have you heard about Jesus before? I said, you need Jesus. There's nothing in this nonsense. You need Christ. While he was kneeling down, others went and removed their distance. Fifteen of them came and knelt all of them down. All of them sixteen. I led them to Christ. They got born again. I took them and handed them over to a same of God pastor. I said, start foundation class for them. We had crusade there that day. Everybody came out. Even those that were hiding came out to see Ekpo kneeling down. Do you know what you carry? Whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Behold, I give you power 
to trample over serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the devil and nothing shall by hurt you. If you are still afraid, you need to be born again. God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of love, of power, and of a sound mind. Shadola Kotama. You have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry. Am I teaching good here? They give you water. They say there's witchcraft. Take it. Drink it. Nonsense. The earth is the Lord. And the fullness thereof. The world and they that dwell therein. There is no portion for witchcraft. Both the witches and everything, they belong to God. God owns the world. Get out of fear. And if you are still in fear, get born again. And if you don't know how to be born again, come for counseling. We're here tomorrow, 9 a.m. Come and meet us. We will sort you out quickly. Flush out the nonsense. Clean you up. Wash your brain. Wash it well. Wash the nonsense. Put light inside. Dabola. Ne kwa twa. Kwa twa twa twa. Zibanaha. Say, I'm born of God. Shout it, let the devil hear you. Shout it louder. Say it like you know what you're talking about. Say, I have the DNA of God in my inside. God is not afraid. I'm not afraid. As he is, so am I. What cannot fight him? Cannot fight me. What cannot defeat him? Cannot defeat me. I am dead. My life is hid with Christ in God. I didn't hear powerful amen. When the gospel is preached, demons and devils go to hide. The reason why people are afraid all over the land is because people have not been taught the gospel. People have only been taught traditional religion. Going to church is a natural family culture. So they don't know why they go. They just go because everybody has to go to church. So they have a form of godliness but denying the power and from such, turn away. But you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. As many as receive him to them gave him to become the sons of God. Even as many as believe in his name. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. For it is there. Of God unto salvation. Somebody shout power three times. Two. Three. Somebody shout the doctrine of Christ. Look at that First Timothy chapter 4 verse 6 as I round up. First Timothy chapter 4 verse 6. He says, uh, yeah, huh. If thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things like I'm doing now, thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished up in the words of faith and of good doctrine, whereunto thou hast attained. Somebody shout good doctrine. 
Say it again. Sound doctrine. Where Christ is taught from all the Old Testament books. And properly so. Didascalia. Now the person who teaches didascalia is called didascalos. I am your didascalos. Didascalos. That's the person who teaches it. But the very act of teaching is didasco. Didasco. In case you are making notes, so you can go and write something. Didascalos is D-I-D-A-S-K-A-L-O-S. Didasco is D-I-D-A-S-K-O. You cannot have a growing Christian. You cannot have a disciple of Jesus without teaching. Where there is no teaching, people cannot be discipled. You can have crowd. You can have an audience. You can have people who are in church every Sunday. They attend service like fans. They come to church to see the latest thing. In some churches, this week is music concert. Next Sunday, comedy Sunday. The Sunday of a thousand love. Another Sunday, singles mingle and double with mingling. Another Sunday, warfare Sunday, Koboko service. My father, my father, what are you looking for? Another Sunday, a guest speaker who will now come and do Bible teaching because the pastor is a coordinator. Week after that, business empowerment, trying to be a multipurpose center. But that's not what Jesus asks us to do. That's not what Jesus asks us to do. Teaching them to observe the things that I have commanded. Not to teach everything. You teach the things he has commanded. So the things he has commanded are the things about himself. Not a series on how to fish. How to fish. How to build a fish pond. And produce anointed fishes. Because they were fishermen in Jesus time. Or how to collect taxes. Because Matthew was a tax collector. Or how to build like Paul. Real estate in the 21st century. In the church. Strategic investments. In the real investment. I mean in the real estate business. That's not the, that's not the curriculum. They were to teach his resurrection. They were to teach his resurrection. Because his resurrection is a relationship. Make disciples of every nation. Disciples of what? Disciples of his resurrection. It means that you must not allow your culture. Especially when you are born in a particular group in a particular country or nation. 
You must not allow that to influence your lifestyle against the word of God. Let me add this very quickly. The scriptures are meant to confront you. The, the mission of Bible teaching is confrontation. The scriptures are meant to confront you. What do I mean by that? They are meant to confront your beliefs. The scriptures are not written to agree with you. When I'm teaching people, come on my page, I don't agree. He has not even had anything. I don't agree. That's an illiterate talking. Intelligent people don't talk. They wait to hear everything. When they have had everything, they ask intelligent questions. When they are finished asking their questions, then they arrive at a conclusion. Don't just appear and say, I don't agree. That thing he says is not true. The woman is not the helper for the man. No, it's not true. See, illiterate. The word helpmate is the word Ezra. Ezra is used 22 times and it is only used for God. So God is the helper of both man and woman. The wife is not the helper. It's God. Ezra. And where that verse was written was after Genesis, where the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, then God says, it's not good for a man to be alone. I will give him a help. That help is Jesus, who came to help man from his decision against the gospel. But when you, do, when you don't listen, you, you bring your CRK knowledge into the headquarters of revelation knowledge. You start shouting, I don't agree. I don't have CRK. Most some TRK teachers are not even born again. They are not even Christians. They are smoking and teaching. Uh, Genesis chapter one, uh, chapter one verse one. Then that that year, year you learn, you now want to come and, and and be disagreeing with revelation knowledge. Is something not doing you? <laughs> the scriptures are not written to agree with you. The scriptures are written so you agree with them. You are the one to agree with the scriptures. That's why it will confront you. Profitable for teaching. Didascalia. Explanation. Scriptures. Which is to convince you. Reproof. Electro. Which is also to bring you to correction. Ephanatosis. Which is to set you right. And then out of that. To instruct you which is spiritual growth. Scriptures are not for you to agree with them. I think in my opinion, that is the way I even see the scriptures. Someone said, Dr. Damina, why are you so controversial? Dr. Damina, you are so controversial. Why won't I be controversial? The book I am preaching from is a controversial book. The Bible is already a controversial book. And if that's what I'm preaching, that's why I sound controversial. I am only controversial to the wrong things you have put in your head. Which if you calm down, we wash them out. Say, so don't go to that church, they brainwash. I will never go to a church where they don't brainwash. I want to go to a church where they brainwash because my brain is full of nonsense and I need it to be washed by the water of the word. Since you've been coming here, have you not been brainwashed? Has your brain not been washed? It's called the renewing of the mind. The Bible on its own is a controversial book. The Bible says it 
I, it, it, it is settled, I believe it. Despite your opinion. Despite your opinion. It's not about how you feel about the Bible. It's not about how you feel about the Bible. The truth of the scriptures is that you must agree with the scriptures. In fact, you believe it first before you understand it. <laughs> That's Bible for you. You have to believe it first. Then you begin to understand it. We're teaching you, I don't agree. That you are who? That you are who? I don't, that you are who? Who cares whether you agree or not? What matters to us is what the book says. I don't agree. That you are who? If you are that an authority, why don't you open your own page and teach your own there? Why are you coming to our own to say, I don't agree? Because you have nowhere to say it. So you, you found where people are. You now want to alter your unpopular opinion. Against the instituted authority of God's word. I think I should close. The Bible is Christ-centered. It's centered on Christ. You don't have to agree with Christ. Dr. Damina, why are you controversial? You are you normal. Don't you know that normalcy is not good? <laughs> you must be abnormal. Life has no respect for normal people. <laughs> Was Jesus normal? Eh? The law say you should not do anything on Sabbath day. Jesus went out on Sabbath day and started healing people. <laughs> he went against the law. They say, why are you healing on Sabbath? He said, which of you shall have a goat? On a Sabbath day and the goat fall inside your hole and you won't bring it out. They kept quiet. He walked away. Very controversial guy. He looks at their temple. He said, destroy this temple. And in three days I will raise it up. He said, you must be mad. How old are you? This temple took us 46 years. He said, don't worry, you will understand later. He didn't even care to explain. If you like, understand. If you like, don't understand. All I have said is pull down the temple. Me, I will build it up. Then after his resurrection, they now understood that what he meant was the temple of his body. Meaning that temple doesn't carry God. This is what carries God. Stand on your feet this morning. Somebody shout glory! Tell somebody my body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Tell somebody I house God. Tell somebody if you are looking for the presence of God, don't look very far. This is the presence of God. I carry his presence. I wear his presence. I move with his presence. I didn't hear that. Amen. Like thunder. Lift your right hand. Father, I ask that revelation knowledge grows and grows and grows until nothing else matters. That the eyes of your people's understanding be flooded with light. Barriers terminated. Obstacles are broken. Whatever is not planted by God is rooted out. Sickness and disease humiliated. Satan embarrassed. In the name of Jesus. I decree that you function in your authority. You function in your authority. Reign over sickness. Reign over sickness. Reign over disease. Reign over failure. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for answered prayer. 
Thank you, Father, for the blessing in this service. In Jesus' precious name, and every believer says that amen on a note of finality. Grab your offering. Let's give in honor of the word of God. When we teach the word, we ask people to give to honor the word of God. To honor what Christ has done. And today we have asked the counselor in another two or three minutes. I'll be joining Mr. Michael Bush. I will answer, ask the counselor. And uh, thereafter we'll do other things that we need to do in this service. But are you excited this morning? Grab a good offering, everybody. Those watching online. The banking details are there on television. The banking details are there. Radio audience, Mr. Michael Bush, you read the banking details for you before, before you know, while as the counselor is on. So grab your offerings, everybody. And I want to thank all the partners and friends of this ministry as I announced. Next Sunday is Partnership Sunday. So all partners, get yourselves ready. We have a lot of work because June is our final month before the 30 days of glory. So we are counting down. Therefore, we're going to do a lot of social media campaign. We want to get this gospel as far as possible. How many of you believe that what we're teaching here should go all over the world? We want to get it as far as possible. So, we want all of you who are partners and friends to get ready. Apart from our partnership givings next Sunday, we also want to do a crazy social media campaign through the month of June. And I want people that will support me with $100, $200, $500, $1,000, whatever you can afford. I want people that can really support me. Let's get that on the way. There are about 3 billion people on Facebook alone. The world is 7 billion. That's half of the world. We're not including YouTube and Instagram and television. We want to reach as much as possible. Because that's why Jesus died. And we are his representatives on earth today. So I want to encourage people that want to support me this week. So we can begin the social media campaign immediately. This June, we're building momentum towards 30 days of glory. So if you want to send a thousand dollars, five hundred, two hundred, one hundred, whatever you can afford, you want to support this noble cause. Remember, others gave for you to hear. So when you give, others will hear. And that's very important. All you need to do is shoot a mail to Dr. Abel Damina at yahoo.com. Dr. Abel, D-R Abel Damina at yahoo.com. Asking for the banking details. We'll send it to you to support the social media campaign. And I want to thank you for standing with us to see to it that we get to the ends of the earth. I'm expecting to hear from you today. And let me also mention that if you are listening on radio too, you can send a mail. And for those in the building, we'll give you the opportunity to do so today. But everybody else, thank you as we look forward to a great time of teaching next Sunday. I'd like you to lift up your offerings. We want to pray right now. Father, we give in faith and we give in honor of Christ. Our offerings are a sweet smell before you. And we thank you for the privilege of giving. I decree that this week, anyone here with a need, your needs are met supernaturally. Receive the manifestation in the name of Jesus. God supplies all your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Thank you, Father, for answered prayer. In Jesus' precious name, and every believer says a powerful amen. The online and radio audience, you don't want to go away because of Ask the Counselor in another five minutes or so. But I'm excited to serve you the grace of God. All right? We want to give our offerings. Hit the music. Let's do it as we give anywhere around the pulpit. Just come, you know, in order and just drop your offerings as we celebrate Christ. Hit it. Let's do it.
never tire of giving. Amen. Amen. It's time for a kingdom investment and general worship offering. It's our monies that go to where our feet cannot go. Even sometimes our voices can't get there. You carry a microphone and speak, only 20 people hear you. But through your monies, there's a voice that reaches millions. Isn't that wonderful? So the least we can do is give our monies to send the gospel to the ends of the earth. Amen. You have your money in your hands, lift it up to heaven, let's give thanks. Remember, you, ha- you can start small. It's not until you have abundance, physically, that you start to give. As you start giving from the little that you have, before you know it, you are investing so much in the kingdom, and yet you are living comfortably. Amen. Amen. Me, that's how I want to live. That most of my money is pushing the gospel, and yet I'm living without lack. Don't you want to get there? Amen. Lift it up to heaven. Speak to those offerings. Send it on a mission. Say, this money is in my hands. Go and prosper the gospel. Go and prosper the gospel. Say to your monies. If you don't have any money, speak in tongues. Because by the time we're getting offering again, maybe next Sunday, there will be monies in your hands in the name of Jesus. You will have to eat. You will have to spend. You will have to sponsor whatever it is that you need to sponsor. But put the kingdom of God first and his righteousness. All these other things will be added to you. Thank you, Father. We give in light and in revelation. We give with understanding. We give with expectation that these monies will go and do your work. They will go in your name and create habitation in the souls of men. That the gospel will reach them and they will be caught, caught up to, to Jesus you know, in your name. Thank you because this is not in vain. This service we do in the, name, in, in the giving of our monies. We give you all the glory. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Those of you with kingdom investment, you drop in the baskets and the rest of us, our general worship offerings, anywhere on the altar, let's come and give this morning with thanksgiving. Hallelujah.
Mr. stand with me for one minute. Let's receive the intercontinental Mr. Michael Bush as we begin at the counselor right now. Put your hands together for him. Praise God. All right, good. He's coming. Good afternoon. Thank you for joining us. Um, just stand with me as I take the opening announcements, and then as soon as uh, Global Bar joins us, you all can be seated. Bank details, that's always the traditional opener that we take when we are throwing open Ask the Counselor. The three banks, all of um, them have one account name, which is Power City International. I start on this edition with FCMB 2982-68-2028. 2982-68-2028. That's for FCMB, Power City International. That's the account name. The same account name, of course, goes for Zenith. The number is 1012-36-5912. 1012-36-5912. Power City International. Finally, of course, UBA, certainly not the least. 139-26-465. 139-26-465. That's announcement number one. Quickly, quickly. Announcement number two any moment now i think in the next five minutes it's a freestyle edition and we're going to try to really speed things up on this edition in the next five minutes we'll throw open the phone line and that line is plus two three four if you're calling from outside the country otherwise it's 0806 800 to also send in your entry into the program you can avail yourself of the email address which is ask the counselor now at gmail.com or better still the SMS line plus 234 again if you're doing from outside the country otherwise it's 0703 691 final announcement just as I prepare the grounds for Global Barber to join me for sponsorship for support for partnership just call up again if you're doing from outside the country it's plus 234 otherwise it's 0803 or you send an email or two to Dr. Abel Damina at yahoo.com. Dr. There, of course, is DR. My producer is Pastor IG, a query complete with the production team. And, of course, I will be grateful to Mama, Global Mama, Dr. Rachel Damina, who is with us. <clears throat> My name is Michael Bush. I'm super excited to be here. I'm your uncle. But now, the man of the moment. Writer like none other, teacher like none other, Global Baba, Dr. Abel Davina. The Intercontinental Mr. Bush. Global Baba, so nice to see so you. So good to see you. It's been a fantastic. few days, man. Yes, Global Baba. How have you been? I'm fantastic. Just so, so nice to see you. And I hope that um, the trip out was uh, beautiful. It was explosive. Very explosive. Very, very. Like, uh, Global Baba, it looks more like somebody was in uh, Lakey. Uh, I went to Lekki. Yes, that's the place uh, to go to. That's the only place Global Baba goes to. Uh, no, 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 that's not the only place. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Global Baba, let's just set the stage because of time and the lack of it. We'll just do our opening prayers, then we throw open the program. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to receive answers for prayer. We receive answers and solutions and direction and the blessing for Kwaibom State, the governor, his executive cabinet all public servants, civil servants, private individuals, business people in Akwaibom State. We declare that this state continues to go forward. The grace of God continues to abound in this land and the message of Christ continues to thrive and grow mightily in the land. We pray for Nigeria and the rest of the world 
that ministers of the gospel are unleashed disciples are multiplied and the, the glory of god is being made manifest in all nations thank you father for answered prayer in jesus name we pray amen amen okay so please be seated thank you for standing with us and thank you for always supporting us global by the point must be made today is the 30th day of may in the year of our lord 2021 yes and just yesterday in nigeria governors for instance the one in Ibom. Mr. Dumi Manuel and his deputy, Mr. Moses Frank Epo, MFR, celebrated their sixth anniversary the same way with President Muhammadu Buhari at the national level. And it's just fantastic. In the build-up to this anniversary, you are taking out a week or two or three, almost the whole month, teaching about relationship between government and the citizens. Very true. What's your thought as to celebrate their sixth anniversary, both for the governor and deputy, president and vice president? Well, my first thought is, uh, you know, we thank God for the relative peace we have had in this country. And my prayer is that they should look more into security. Because if a government that cannot secure a citizenry has failed in its responsibilities and obligations. So I think the government needs to really, really seriously look into security and ensure that the territorial integrity of this nation is not compromised. That's for national. What That's about for national. local? Well, for Kwaibom, we continue to believe God for all the projects. That the projects, the, the deep seaport, mm. you know, ahead of the fertilizer, mm. ahead of the car plant and all the other projects. That God will help, you know, uh, the, His Excellency and His Deputy and the entire uh, Executive yep. Council to carry out those projects. So that uh, people in the society will have jobs, you know, gainfully employed and the economy will do well and the society will do well. So that also the gospel will continue to reach people and the blessing of God for this land will not be denied. Fantastic. Can we just put our hands together? At the point of our live transmission, it's coming very close to um, half past the hour, to the minute. And now, ask the councillor, a global showpiece on radio and TV and on the social media by Power City International Broadcasting from number 98, Mwangiba Road, in the heart of Uyo. Uyo is the capital of Akwaibom. Akwaibom is a state in the deep south of Nigeria, of course, the country on the west coast of Africa. This now is the time to start. Hello, Global Baba. I am Shun, Shun, and I write Global Baba from, I'm trying to see, from, okay, Frederick, Maryland, in the United States of America. Remember, it's a freestyle edition. I'll just be going around the world just like that. Baba, I've been following your teaching for over a year now. I've concluded that it would be best to join with fellow believers in Christ who are also persuaded in the same teachings. So I would like to connect with others who follow your teaching in my area as well. On Sunday, May 23, 2001, during Ask the Counselor, one of the messages came from a brother, Martin, in Damascus, USA, inquiring about a campus to fellowship or the possibility of starting one. I'm writing in as well to indicate that I would be interested in supporting to start a campus in this region. I live in Frederick, uh, that is in Maryland, not very far from Damascus. I'm ready and willing to be trained as well and to assist in starting and coordinating a campus in this part of Maryland. I'm happy to connect with this brother in Christ and work alongside him and to serve in whatever capacity is needed to support Power City International in Maryland. Thank you so much, Global Baba, for giving yourself to study so that you can serve us the grace of God. It's indeed a privilege to be your student and spiritual daughter eagerly awaiting your response, grace, and peace continue to abound towards your family and you, sir. Wow, that's a good one. 
Well, those of you in Maryland, if you live anywhere in Maryland in America, we'd like you to, you know, expect a flyer on my Facebook page tomorrow talking about launching of our campus in Maryland. And we want to be able to contact every one of you in the Maryland area. So the flyer will be on my Facebook page tomorrow. And we would like you to email and let us know those of you that follow this, our teaching so that we make sure you're all together a team as we launch Power City, Maryland. Please, I'll be expecting to hear from you people. The email address to direct your mails to, if you're in Maryland and want to be a part of Power City, is Damina at yahoo.com. If you shoot a mail, we will contact you and see how we can build that team to reach out to the greater Maryland with the gospel of Christ. Thank you for writing to us. Absolutely. So, um, producer, just get set with the technical team. Calls can start to tumble in because of time or the lack of it. Next, Global Barber, an anonymous entry. Hello, Global Barber. I'm not a member of Power City International, but I confess I follow your teachings, all of them. I need godly counsel, and it's on marriage. I'm a final year student in a Baptist theological seminary. I've been in a relationship over six years, Global Barber. My fiancé and I decided to get married in December 2021. All of a sudden, Global Barber, she brought the idea of pursuing a master's degree, which was not part of our earlier agreement, though I'm not really against it. The issue, though, Global Barber, is I'm actually skeptical about how life would be after marriage, considering that it means both of us are still in school. And I'm also believing God for a pastoral call in a church. I will need more finance. And she isn't employed as well. We are both 29 years of age. I don't intend keeping her single unnecessarily for long, and yet the financial commitment of having a family is getting me worried. I believe that in the multitude of counsel, there is safety. Please, what do I do, Global Barber? Well, two of you need to sit down and talk about the issue, you know, uh, sincerely. You know, sit down together, look at all the, the, the advantages, disadvantages, what your resources are able to accomplish, and based on that, you can make a plan. She can go to school while you're married, you know, and she can wait a bit, you know. So it depends. Since you're already in school and you're about graduating, it will depend on two of you sitting down and really working the plan together and see how that will work. Since you love yourselves and you've decided to get married, it's just to fine-tune your plan and, and take, take note of priorities and work according to the plan. That's what you do. Hello, Global Barber. Okay, I'm told our first caller is on the line. It behoves me not to keep him or her waiting longer than necessary. Many thanks for joining our program. Hello. Hello. Your name, where are you calling from? Good, good afternoon. My, my name is Sir John Winter. Yeah, where are you calling Hello. from? Yes, where are you calling from? I'm, call, I'm calling from the Jewish community. Okay, fire on. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, quite, it's a question that I want to answer, but I'm so happy for your speaking and for all the people. About there is a question that is bothering me that I want to ask about the relationship that we thought. Okay. Are you with me, sir? Yes, go ahead. Yeah, if if I'm talking about that, we as the children will not have any relationship between parents about our father and mother. Okay, what of what of your father that is not born again? And uh, you you as the children who have matured the long way, you see their attitude that they are doing. How will you say? Do you not have right to advise them they if you are born in here and you see where, what they are doing that is not right? You, you don't have the idea to advise them. Well, your parents are not subject to your advice. You are the one that should take their advice. 
So if you are matured, you are born again, and you observe your parents are not born again, and the way they are behaving is not good, what you do better is to pray. Pray that God will send laborers to get them born again. That's what you should be doing rather than advising. Because whatever you want to tell them, they already know. Okay, so just pray for them to be saved. That's what is more important. And when you pray for them to be saved, God will send laborers. And when they get born again, it will be easy for them to work out whatever their differences are. So your priority should be for, for them to be born again. Okay, so producer, can we just make progress? We have a little under 24 Dot five small minutes to the end of this edition of the program. My next entry is so funny, and I'll, I'll tell us at the end. I saw why, you smiling. Yes, why I consider it so, so funny. Okay. Hello, Global Baba and Mr. Bush. God bless you both for the wonderful work you do in God's kingdom. I've been sending this email, and I've been following, but Ask the Counselor has not answered my question. Please, I need clarity. I've been following Global Baba's teachings, and when you talked about husbands, you did not mention the ones that cheat. And what to do in that case? I believe it will still come as the teaching goes on. But sir, please, what do you do when you are married to an infidel? He doesn't take care of his family. We have not been together for over one year and two months now. He barely comes home. He stepped foot last in February, briefly, and didn't even stay up to 12 hours. I've not started working, even though I do one or two businesses. He sends money when he feels like for our daughter's upkeep. There are so many things to talk about, but I need counsel. My decision to move out and go or divorce, is it a bad decision? Seeing that my mental health is at stake, global Baba. Please note, we married as believers. In his mind, he's a believer, but his actions are not. I desired to follow the other day's teaching when you started talking about brethren whose conducts do not glorify God, but the rain cut me off. I just need counsel, Global Baba. Thank you, sir. I would like to remain anonymous, and I'm writing from Abuja. But this is why I find it funny. You know, Mrs. Bush and I, Mrs. Bush stays in Abuja. I stay in Uyo. We have just one daughter and all of that. And um, when I was reading, I said, ah, what is going on? But <laughs> Global Baba, I go home every day. You know, I just came yesterday. You know, so probably this is not me. No, this you is can't not believe me. <laughs> No, global. I'll just thinking about it. But, yes, but more than that, more than that is the point about um, is the point about okay, not working. Okay, so so that in case you know there, there can be people watching and say yes. that could be him. Oh, yes. that could be him. So my wife works, of course. Yeah, yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> also, global, but yes. Well, first of all, um, Christ will not cheat, so that's why all the teachings are Christocentric. What Christ will do is what a husband is supposed to do. And if he fails to do it, then you need to either get the word, you need to call his attention to the word of God, or of course, take him to your pastor. Your pastor should be able to sort your differences. That's the way it works. And from what you're saying, it looks like you and your husband are not under any spiritual authority. It looks like two of you are just freelance Christians. And that's where the problem is. Because if both of you were under a spiritual authority, you will have spoken to your pastor long ago. Your pastor will have called your, your husband's attention to order. Again, that's why it's not good for Christians to just be a, a independent. You ought to be in a local church. You ought to have a pastor. So that if your, your spouse is not behaving right, you talk to your pastor about it. Your pastor will counsel you. Your pastor will pray for you. And your pastor will talk to your husband. 
That's very important. So I think first things first. You and your husband need to first of all establish who is your spiritual authority. That's number one. Then number two, you need to get your husband and you to see your spiritual authority and present these issues to him. And let your spiritual authority counsel with both of you. And after counseling, it's your spiritual authority that will know whether you should walk away or you should divorce or whatever the matter will be. But you need to be accountable to somebody that is a spiritual authority over you and your husband. That's the way to go about this issue. Okay, Global Baba, just in time. Another caller. Hello. Good morning. Many, yeah, many, many thanks for joining Good us. Good Yeah, many thanks for joining us. You know where you're calling from, ma'am. Uncle Bush, good morning. My name is Good, good morning, bless you. Call you from where? South Africa. Okay. I just hope this network will allow us. Go, go on. This is the second time that I position that I keep I don't want to tell you the first time. Okay. Okay, can I just apologize to you? I just must apologize to you. Please try and see if you can call us again. We can barely hear you, yeah. and it would be absolute waste of um, time to allow you go on. Okay, so Global Baba, another one. And by the way, we can take two, two entries uh, from the live audience, if people are ready, producer. Post-resurrection, Jesus broke bread, that's communion, with the disciples on the way to Emmaus. Uh, Peter, while fishing, is that around? You talked about communion, Global Baba, bread and rabbinah. Are you against the directive of Christ or the Last Supper where he said, do this in my memory? Do you do memorial for somebody who is alive or somebody who is dead? I'm asking you who asked the question. <laughs> <laughs> is Jesus alive or Jesus is dead? He is alive. So no memorial service for him. So again, I think uh, to help you a lot more, you will need to order for my book on the communion table. And let me just shock you a little more. There is nowhere the Bible talks about Holy Communion. It's not in the Bible. We don't have Holy Communion in the entire Bible, 66 books. There's nothing like that in the Bible. So I don't know what you mean by Holy Communion. Are you talking about the Passover? Are you talking about the Supper? Or are you talking about breaking of bread? So you need to send another question and clarify what you're talking about. Because all of them are different. And for your information... There is no word in the Bible called Holy Communion. So you need to send your question again in a properly framed way so I can answer you. Bless you. Just in time, this caller. Hello. Good afternoon. Many thanks for joining us. Where are you calling from? Yes, my name is Nelson, and I'm calling from Delta State. I have a very important question I want to find out. A brother got married two, two Saturdays ago, and currently they are in court because the brother found out that the wife lied, and the court has asked them to go back to, the, uh, to their church so that they can be properly cancelled. But the brother insisted that they will not continue with that marriage because he believed that the sister told him the whole truth and not knowing that all the sister told him was not the truth. So insisting, he's insisting that the marriage should be, should be caught now 
before they get into what could cause uh, uh, a problem or higher problem than they, they are into. So my, my question is, as a pastor, should I, should I support the cutting of the marriage earlier now or allow, allow, or allow them to use the judiciary to, to end the marriage? Well, I think because the marriage is already built on falsehood, there's no truth. And once there's no truth, there's no marriage. So you can go as a pastor and just get them to end it, dissolve it. Or if you don't want to take the responsibility on, you can send them to the court if they did a court marriage. And it can be dissolved in the court. Because falsehood is no foundation to build a home. Okay, hello, Global Baba. This week one, please. I always thought that trust comes with believing. So why didn't the people trust Moses? Well, they trusted in Moses. They trusted in Moses. And uh, the, the word trust and believing, don't, don't, don't bring English language into it. Try and understand the context, the pretext and the posttext. The people trusted Moses because everything Moses told them, they took it hook and line and sinker. But they missed the message of Moses. And the message of Moses was Christ. That's why I say you trust Moses, who is the one that accuses you. I do not. But if you really believed Moses... You will have taken me serious because I'm the one Moses was writing about. So that's, that's what Jesus was talking about. They didn't believe. That's why they couldn't receive Christ. Because they didn't believe the message of Moses. Even though they trusted Moses and blinded their eyes to the message and stayed with the law. So the context will explain the use of the word trust and the word belief. The context of that particular scripture. Okay, let's make progress. Hello, Global Baba and Mr. Bush. My name is Osasco. I must commend you, Global Baba. You are a great, great, great man of God. Global Baba, I'm worried because when I was in the world, I committed adultery, but I got born again last year. That was in uh, 2020. Since I started listening to your preaching, and sometimes I still feel guilt that I should go and confess my sins to the husband of the woman I committed adultery with before God can forgive me. Please, Global Baba, advise me on what to do. Get, prepare your coffee when going. <laughs> Global Baba. Prepare your coffee. Yes. Moreover, that guilt is not God. It's Satan that wants to kill you fast. Because God has no guilt. There is no condemnation in Christ. That lady has moved on. Don't cause trouble for her marriage. Gather your broken life together. Look for Jesus. Heal yourself and find your life. Because if you try it, she will deny that she knows you. And the husband will deal with you brutally. So just save your neck. Go to, if you don't know how to get freedom from guilt, uh, go to a pastor or Get a ticket, fly to Uyo, or enter a bus, come to Uyo. Let's free you from guilt, package you together, and send you back in peace. So that that woman can have peace in her marriage. Forget that you know her, and move on with your life. Okay, Global Baba. I knew that applause was going to come, and he deserves another one. Okay, Global Baba, let's go now to in Akwaibom State. Let's, uh, Benjamin Olaito writes, 
Supposing Global Baba that a woman that listened to different preachers of the gospel listened and uh, she had another gospel contrary to the gospel of Christ and she decides to act differently because a believer's day-to-day lifestyle mostly is how they understand the gospel that is preached to them. The husband says, don't use my money to pay tight. But she refused to listen because she just heard you say, disobey your husband if he stops you from honoring God. To her, paying of tithe is part of honoring God and feeding God. In fact, she prefers to do that than to help the needy. What should the husband do in this scenario? Go Baba. Go Baba. Just hold your thoughts, this caller. Hello. Hello. Good afternoon. Many thanks for joining us. You know where you're calling from. Thank you. Good afternoon, Global Baba. Good afternoon. Bless you. Thank you. I like to stay anonymous, please. Thank you. Um, Global Baba, please, I have a question which is very touching. I went for a counseling somewhere in the church, and they were not collecting money for the counseling, but after prayers about to kickstart a one-on-one counseling, they say you should give a voluntary donation if you have. So one, a man came up, one of the workers, started collecting from individuals. At that time, I... I sat behind at the back. I noticed he squeezed some money and put in the back pocket and hand over the remaining to another who was, I think, the head of that his unit. At that time, I felt disappointed and discouraged. <laughs> I didn't say anything. After the counseling, they still asked him to attend to me. He attended to me and say all he needed to say, to be honest, my mind was not in anything he was telling me. Am I supposed to report him to the pastor, to the church authority, or just let it go? But if I continue, if I don't report him, it will affect my faith in case I want to go there to worship. And if I report him, will I be doing the wrong thing or the right thing, please? And an answer. Thank you, sir. That was a thief you were standing with there. Well, what do you do? I think you should mind your business. Because that may be how the system has been organized to function. Everybody is doing everybody. Everybody is doing everybody. Because where you will go for counseling and they are asking for money, already the setting shows you that there's a problem. Because you don't collect money when you go for counseling. How many people met Jesus and Jesus collected money from them? How many people met Paul, Peter, James, John, all the apostles? Freely you receive, freely give. We only take offerings in services after we have taught you the word of God for the work of the ministry. Not in counseling. In counseling, somebody is coming so you can enlighten him. You don't ask for offering, except the person deliberately feels he wants to support the work. It's not supposed to be like that. So again, like I said, the system will define how everybody is behaving inside the place. So my advice, uh, leave them alone and just be praying for them. That's what you do. Okay, uh, let's make... uh... Let's make progress, Global Baba, dear Dr. Ebel Damina, my fiancé, and I are planning to get married soon. 
marital counseling has commenced, but unfortunately, Global Baba, we just discovered we are both AS as a genotype. Kindly advice. Thank you. Fiagbe, John. Well, two of you have the choice to either go ahead or to stop. And now it will be based on your faith. Do you, what do you believe? What do you want to do? Do you want to believe that, you know, everything will be fine? There is no yes or no to your situation. It is dependent on what decision you want to make. So again, I put it back to you. You have to make the decision. Whether you want to continue or not. If you want to continue, it's okay. If you don't want to continue, it's okay. The choice is yours. Okay. <laughs> Global Baba. Global Baba. So the choice is there. This is. Yes. Okay. This. You have washed your hands of the matter. <laughs> Global Baba. <laughs> because we have seen people who sure. married under those circumstances sure. and it worked for Absolutely. them. Absolutely. And we have seen people who married and it didn't work. So at the end of the day, the choice is yours. If you want to believe God for a miracle in that marriage, the miracle is yours. Global Baba, you know, that's why I'm, um, I'm just completely overwhelmed and proud anytime you offer counseling. Because it's so real. It's so, it would have been possible to say, no, how can you do that? No, do like this. God is going to do this. But, you know, so this one you have given is just true. Yep. I'm sure even Jesus would have said this. That's right. Global Baba. Hello, Global Baba, and a good and only Mr. Bush. Thank you for opening our eyes to the Word of God. Global Baba, from the time I started listening to your teaching, you activated the hunger and thirst for more, and you have activated the love for God in me. I write to thank you for your labor in the Word that has developed me and many brethren out there. May God bless you. Because of feeding on the Word, Global Baba, that you teach, I've opened the church branch of the church. I belong to here in Lusaka, Zambia. But I should really say, Global Baba, that is your impact on me. That has made me to open this preaching point and not of our church. It's not because of my church. I'm sorry, Daddy, if you think that I'm trying to be ungrateful or disobedient to the church, but that's the truth. I did a certificate in pastor's training in a school called Bible Training Center for Pastors, BTCP. I specifically opened the preaching point to preach what you have preached to us which is somehow different from what we've been learning in my church. Now, Global Baba, I have four members at this preaching point now, but I really want to be the best to them as you have been the best to us. So I want you to recommend books for me as a young minister that I can buy to study and be more equipped in the world and be your photocopy. Lastly, please pray for my preaching uh, points and for God to give me boldness and grace and that he will confirm his word with signs and wonders and also that he would arrange situations and circumstances to favor us financially for even the place we are meeting. It's not that good due to some uh, trouble with finances. Many thanks and leaves his contacts and gives his name as Moses in Zambia. Well, Moses, get every book I have written. There are no, there's no selection. Read everything because all of them are written to equip you to be an effective and efficient preacher of the gospel. So order for all the books. And if you're asking in which order to order them, Life Before the Cross, Life After the Cross, The Office of the Pastor, Every Man a Minister, just go like that, the, the New Testament Ministry. I mean, everything, you know. Okay, so Global Baba, um, the producer has just gesticulated that we have a little under five minutes, and I'm trying to see whether in two minutes I can squeeze in three entries. Hello, Global Baba, I want to ask if it is right for a parent to chase out his children from the house simply because they don't want to get vaccinated against COVID-19. Thank you. For your feedback. Oh, Baba. 
people have uh, situations. People have issues. Oh, I mean, well, except the children are really babies, you know. If they are babies, and if they are babies, they won't even disobey their father. So for them to disobey means they are adults. I mean, they have their choice to make. I mean, if they want the vaccine, let them. If they don't want the vaccine, leave them out. Don't make it a big deal in your family. You know, uh, even God doesn't force people to take things. God shows you the repercussions. He shows you the choice. And he allows you to make the choice. So if they're adults, let them alone. Don't chase them out of the house. Okay, Global, let's quickly go to Lome Togo, where Chris is writing to us from and says, Hello, Global Baba and the Intercontinental Mr. Bush. Global Baba, every night and day, I look for the renewal of your energy for the fulfillment of this great mission. May God bless you and protect you against all in the powerful name of Jesus. Daddy, I'm going to be a member of the Academy soon, and I'm going to have all the details. I need to have all the details of the one-year training and impartation that starts January. The approximate amount we have to disburse. Thank you again for everything. Your rewards are huge. Yes, son, Chris. Wow, Chris. Well, uh, our office will respond to your mail with all the details for the one-year Bible school, which is 2022. We're still working out the modalities, but our office will get back to you. Okay, hello, Global Baba. I promised I was going to squeeze in three. This is the third and the last one. Wow, what a blessing to listen to you teach the word of God. Thank you, Daddy. I'm Caleb and in Cameroon. You are a blessing indeed. Global Baba, please. I want to get clarification on this. Should someone go ahead and marry a lady if your family refuses? They refuse because the lady has two kids with other men and is not as educated as the man. She's spiritual and loves the Lord and has truly changed. But they say no. They say such past life can affect the couple in the future. If the man hasn't heard from God, she did praise on or back out. You don't have to hear from God to marry a wife. Because God does not interfere with you marrying. He gives you the freedom to make your choice. If she's born again, you're born again. That's all that God is concerned about. About her having children, that becomes your personal choice. If you still love her and want her and desire her that strongly, even with her children, sure, you can go ahead and marry her. And if your family say no, that's why marriage is not for boys, it's for men. And if you're a man, your family won't stop you from what you know is good for you. So again, back to you. You decide what you want to do. She's born again. She's not that educated. She has two children. Do you want her? If you want her, by all means, go for her. If your family is opposing, take time and explain to them your convictions. And if they are still opposing, keep explaining until eventually they see reason why they allow you to get married. Bless you. Global Mama, thank you. Global Mama, thank you. Global Mama, thank you. And the Triple J, J Plus, Triple J Plus, Triple J Plus, thank you. And everyone, producer, pastor, IJ Query, thank you. My name is Michael Bush. Globaba joins me now to take us home. Globaba, with the prayers, I don't know the how Intercontinental, do Mr. Bush, I'm going to pray over them. Father, thank you for that brother who asked us to pray for his ministry. His ministry prospers and thrives. We also pray for people that are sick. We command your bodies be healed. Amen. We pray for people in need of a miracle. Receive a miracle now. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Father, for needs that are met supernaturally and for testimonies. Amen. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Well, what a joy to be able to serve you the grace of God. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to do this. Remember this, today we are live at 1 to 3 XLFM. And we are also live at 6 o'clock. I mean, this evening at 8, 9 to 10 and 10 to 12. 9 to 10, Inspiration, 10 to 12, Heritage, Heritage FM. FM. Tomorrow morning, 5.45, XLFM, 11 to 1, Radio Aquibon, 1 to 3, XLFM. And we're back here tomorrow evening at 6 p.m., GMT plus 1 with God's Word. You, wanna, you don't want to miss what I'm going to be teaching tomorrow in the service.
Thank you again for being a part of the service. Till we meet with all of you again tomorrow. Enjoy the rest of your day and be blessed. Goodbye from Uyo, Nigeria. Amen. Praise God. Somebody shout hallelujah.